What's up, everybody? How y'all doing today? Um, let's see. Hopefully, you guys can hear me well. Let's see. Just checking my mic. Yeah, it looks like looks like we're good. Um, hope everybody's doing okay today. So uh, let's see. Wow, lots of things to talk about. But so normally at this time, I do a show, random access monologues. But no one could show up today, so I decided I would do just one of my live updates. Right. Um, all right. So first thing, so there's a couple things I want to talk about, which are vaccine rollout, my thoughts on it so far, Wall Street bets updates, um, just some other stuff. Like uh, I wanted to talk about a couple things with esports and me getting into some new games. So let's go. Let's start out with start out with some vaccine stuff. So I've been watching. Okay, so I've been thinking about how we've been doing the vaccine rollout, and it's very it's becoming very strange to me, at least in my state. So right now in my state, we did healthcare workers, people in nursing homes, and then now we're doing people 65 and up. So that's good. Um, but I think we're, I think we've went about it incorrectly and I'm going to explain why. So, um, when we came up with the idea of how we are going to vaccinate, which is mostly by age, we weren't expecting that there was going to be some kind of variance of the uh, COVID-19. So unfortunately, what's happening is we're not actually really stopping the spread. The spread's going down right now because we're getting over rid of that Christmas hump, but we're not actually stopping the spread of COVID-19. But what we're doing, hopefully, is preventing deaths. Um, unfortunately, what that's doing is it's allowing the people spreading this disease are people aged 20 to uh, 35 years old, and they're not being vaccinated at all. So what's happening is COVID is just rampantly spreading just as it would if we weren't giving the vaccine at all. So what this does is it allows these mutations to form, which could turn out to be bad if one gets really deadly. Now, hopefully that doesn't happen and everything we're doing works out the way we've planned it. Um, but there's a, we're taking a risk. We're taking a calculated risk right now. If, if we were to vaccinate the 20 to 35 year olds, we would probably have an increased death rate, unfortunately, but we'd also be stopping the vac, have a better chance of stopping the, the spread quicker. So we have to ask ourselves, which is more important. And I'm not saying one is correct because either of those can be very bad disastrous scenario, but it's been really interesting to pay attention to it statistically. And let me give you an example. Let's see. Let me find, aha, I will use, let me use this as the example. All right. So basically what we are doing, if, if this is COVID, this, uh, this wire that I have. So for those of you just listening, I have a wire on the screen. Um, this is COVID. Essentially what we're doing to get rid of COVID is we are clipping this down little by little, clipping it down little by little. That's our vaccination plan to clip it down little by little. If we were to vaccinate the people actually spreading COVID, we would actually cut this like right at the bottom and the rest would topple down. So it's like, how we want, how do we want to look at it statistically? Unfortunately, doing the method that I'm showing right here would cause initially more deaths in that 65 and above group. Um, the problem with doing it the way that we're currently doing it is we're taking the risk that a variant is going to become deadly. 
and still be able to spread around. So it's like we're we're kind of like stuck between a rock and a hard place, right? We, there, any decision we make is not going to be good. So it's just a different way of looking at the vaccine rollout. That's all. I just think it's interesting to consider those kind of options. And it's like, you have to wonder, like, did the CDC and scientists and everybody, I'm sure they considered those. I mean, I'm, I, I love looking at statistics and everything. I'm sure they considered that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's like where we are at in North Carolina is really interesting. So let me just explain that. And then I'm going to move on to Wall Street bet stuff, get to some good stuff. But like, so right now, um, hey, whoever's listening. So right now in North Carolina, so, uh, you know, I explained my example that, you know, the way we're distributing the vaccine. So I, I completely agree that medical professionals who were working with COVID patients needed to be vaccinated first, hundred percent, as well as nursing homes, nursing home workers. But now what's happening is we're not doing that anymore. We ended up vaccinating like people in healthcare that have nothing to do with COVID patients. In fact, like my doctor's office, um, my wife went to schedule an appointment there. They're not even, if a patient's sick, they're not allowed to be seen. And there's like 10 protocols to even get in the door. Yet they're all vaccinated. So I'm like, well, wait a second. You guys are vaccinated. You're not seeing any COVID patients and you don't meet, what other criteria do you meet? If if you're not seeing COVID patients, you're not, if someone's sick, you're, you won't even let them in the building. How are you guys vaccinated? But like a police officer isn't or a teacher. So it's kind of interesting, like how we've picked and choose who's vaccinated. And then what we're also doing in the state that's kind of odd is we're vac now vaccinating people 65 and older, which I agree they're high risk. I also agree, think that people 65 and older are probably retired and can actually quarantine. Whereas like a police officer is out there catching COVID and spreading it to everyone and making the problem worse. So I, I just I just think we are necessarily looking at the problem correctly. Um, I just think there's other ways to look at it. I don't think there's necessarily a right answer. Maybe they're maybe you know what they know what they're doing. This isn't my job. I'm just looking at it from an outside perspective and saying, hey, did you consider this? That's all. What do I know about it? Don't listen to me about this. I don't know anything about how they're really looking at stuff. I'm looking at it, you know, I mean, we as pu the public only have a glimpse of the data that they're looking at. So it's really hard for us to kind of make these rational decisions about things when we don't necessarily understand the whole system. But looking at an outsider, that's my observation. So be it. Um, and I'd really like to see school teachers get vaccinated before kids go back full time, but I don't think that's going to happen. So whatever. I know if I was a if I was a K to 12 teacher, I know I wouldn't want to go back until I was vaccinated. I mean, I'm, I am a professor and I don't want to go back into my, I mean, I'm, I have to go in this semester sometimes and I need to get, I, I want to get vaccinated before I go in. So like, you know, I'm really pushing some things back right now. Um, my courses are fortunately online, but, um, I have to go in for some esports stuff. I have to go in for some meetings. There's certain things that I need to be in there for, and I don't want to be because I'm not vaccinated. And I've been pushing a few things back until later in the spring. Hopefully, I'm vaccinated by then, and then I can start getting my the things I'm holding off right now. But anyway, enough about that. Let's get back to okay. So that's 
a little vaccination talk. I've been talking to my wife about it as I've been saying, like, how are we, how, what is the plan with this rollout? Because I never quite understood it. And we kept changing things. And I don't think we're changing it to the variants that are coming about right now. That's all. Okay. Um, Wall Street bets update. So uh, unfortunately, yeah, I mean, if you're paying attention to like GameStop and AMC and all the stocks right now, just all crashed, which is to be expected. So anyone that's in anyone that plays the stock market, I've been doing this since 2001. I can tell you when there is a pump and dump, and I'm not saying these stocks were pump and dumps um, because there was a reason that they did go up. Like there was a reason that GameStop was shorted over 100% of its shares. So there was a reason it did go up. But anyone who's involved in a pump and dump knows buy low, sell high. When you make your money, you have to have a plan. As soon as you make your money, you sell. So I have some rules when I'm buying and selling stocks. So um, generally, so like I have certain stocks like Apple, Microsoft, Amazon, Google that I keep regardless of what they're doing. I'm holding them extremely long-term. I'll add Walmart, I'll add Verizon and a few others. I'm holding these extremely long-term I don't plan to sell them in the immediate future, even if they went down 10% or went up 10%. I'm not selling them. But I have some more speculative stocks. For example, Ford. I do think Ford's going to go up. But, you know, if Ford were to go up 20% today, actually, they have their earnings call today. If they were to go up 20% after their earnings call today at 5 p.m., I will sell. So I have a 20% rule with stocks. Um if a stock that I'm holding short to medium term, which short could be as much as I bought it today and I'm selling it today to medium term, like I bought this for a hold for the next like few months to a year, I have a 20% rule. I make 20% on that stock, I sell it. Now, um, so that's my rule. So I do some day trading with certain things with oil. I've done day trading with oil. Um, I've done day trading with crypto and I have a 20% rule. And sometimes I'll even lower that to like 10%. If it's taken me like five or six days and I'm doing some day trading and I'm holding it for that long, I make my 10%, I sell. I also make sure I watch the stock. I look for the peaks and valleys and I have to be patient and wait for a dip, buy and then hold. And sometimes I have to keep holding. Um, so I do do that. And I have rules that I follow and I'm pretty strict. 10% on, you know, a long and 20% if it's short, like I'll wait a day or two at 20% after three, four, five days, 10% up, I sell. So I did not, so I did follow my own rule with GameStop. Um, GameStop went up 20%, actually 30%. And I sold, as I told everyone, I sold at like $27. <laughs> um, the, uh, the first day it went up, I had bought it December 24th or 23rd, something like that, sold it right away. But I got, unfortunately, I also bought into, um, AMC and Bed Bath & Beyond. Now, I bought them low. I've actually bought all of these very early. I bought all these in December. So I was, you know, looking at this way early and, uh, <laughs> I made my money in fact on AMC and bet. Cause I, unfortunately I sold GameStop when it was 27 and then I saw it go up to 400 and I was like kicking myself for selling. Right. So when AMC went up to $20, I said, you know what? I'm up like 70% right now, but I'm going to be greedy and this might go up to a hundred and I'll make a lot more money. 
Well, greed turned into it dropping the, to Robin Hood, you know, dropping it the next day and it dropping and then it dropping and then it dropping to the point where I was like pretty much breaking even on AMC and Bed Bath Beyond. And then they dropped a little further and I ended up selling them uh, pretty much. Bro- I Actually, I, I had a loss on them, but it was hardly anything. But it was an overall loss on those two stocks. And I should have actually kept them because in the last day, they each went up a little bit enough that I would have shown a little profit versus a little loss, like one or two percent or something like that. But I still showed a loss on both of them. So it kind of sucks. So learn my lesson. Lesson of the day. Listen to your gut. If you have a plan when you get into a stock, follow your plan. Don't change it. I would have made a bunch of money. I would have doubled more than doubled my money on both of those stocks had I listened to my plan and sold on the peak. And I'm pretty good at telling like when a peak is. You you can tell. And maybe you don't time it perfectly, but I'm I pretty time it time it pretty good. I I, I know, hey, I've made enough money. I mean a peak for me is 20%. It's huge. 20% in like days is is amazing, right? Um, in fact, I just sold some crypto this morning and made 45%. It was actually multiple stocks that I sold. So each one was actually between like 10 and 15%. But combined total of my money was what I put in. So it was just crazy that it can happen that quick. So anyway, I would say lesson learned, but I've learned this lesson like 50 times. I, I learned it really bad when I was like 23 years old. I lost like five to $7,000 on some pump and dumps. So I, I learned it then and realized not, never to do it again. But unfortunately, I didn't do it. <laughs> okay. Um, another thing I want to talk about. So that's that's what's going on in Wall Street, that world. Oh, the site's totally calmed down. We're like kind of getting back to normal a little bit. You know, instead of there being like 2 million people online, there's like the normal like 50,000. <laughs> So site's looking much more normal, which is good. Excited to uh, get back into normal Wall Street bets where not every single person is talking about GME or AMC. Um, So anyway, yeah, so I'm excited for forward earnings today at 5 p.m. to see what happens because I do have some shares of it. Um, All right, let's move on to my next topic because I'm not really getting any questions about anything that I'm talking about so far. Esports valuation. And I might have even talked about this one of my last videos, but I can't remember because I'm doing, I'm so busy that I can't remember anything. My mind is in like just another place. I'm I'm working my butt off right now trying to do 50 bazillion things. So I can't remember what I've done like from one day to the next. Um, but I, uh, I've been thinking a lot about the way we that have done the valuation for esports. So right now, if you read any, um, any website, right? And you're like, how much, you know, what is esports? And you'll see like these statistics, like a billion dollar valuation, like this, this is worth a billion dollars, right? So is it worth a billion dollars? Um, and most of those statistics are from Newzu, the website. And, uh, it's really fascinating because what I'm learning is, the way that they've calculated the valuation of esports only really talks about professional teams, their winnings, their losings, their sponsorships and advertisements in them, and like the the amount of money of from like streaming from them. 
But what they don't include is they're not including the college stuff, the high school stuff, uh, the gear that like I buy. They don't include tons of stuff. And then we don't include tons of stuff in game. For example, um, let's say my favorite streamer uses a certain skin in League of Legends. And I go and buy that skin because my favorite player uses it, which has happened a number of times. And uh, that's not counted. So that revenue, all that revenue is not counted in the valuation of esports. And additionally, another question is, would League of Legends actually exist right now still? I mean, we're at like year 11, 12 for League of Legends. Would the game still exist if there was no professional scene around it? Would the game still exist? I think it's a very valid question. Would we still be playing League of Legends if there was no competition scene? There was no money to win big prizes and people weren't trying to go pro in it. Would the game still exist? And maybe it probably would. I, I want to say it would, but I can't answer that for sure. And the other question is, if it would, what would the player base be? Would it be the same? Would any of the esports games have the same player base without esports. So we need to take that into the valuation of esports. It's worth the, the industry is worth a lot more money than what we're looking at. The gaming industry is being which is a 300 billion dollar industry is being driven by esports. So it's just something for us to really think about, you know. And then like even like take like the platforms, like take uh, Discord and Twitch, like would Twitch exist without esports? So it's all the revenue that Twitch has now, like part of, even though like there's bodybuilding on Twitch and whatever else, like, is it, can we blame esports for that increase and all of its viewers and its revenue that's coming in and same with Discord, like just so many other companies that exist because of the esports market. Um, so it's it's interesting and it's something that we need to consider as we talk about valuation for esports. That when I see this billion dollar number, that's not correct. I've seen better evalu valuations from some researchers, more like twenty five billion, and I'd say even then we're on the way low end. But I think they're hitting the mark a lot better. So the industry is significantly bigger than what we're seeing in a lot of the statistics for valuation, not viewership. I'm not, I'm not talking about that today. I've never talked about that. I'll talk about it again another time. But when we're talking about valuation only, the valuation is incorrect. It is way higher. I mean, heck, I go and buy games because they're a professional esport. That's not counting towards esports revenue, but I've literally purchased games just because it's a competitive esports. The only reason I bought the game so that I could learn it to understand what the pros were doing in their game. Those purchases don't count towards esports revenue, and they 100% have to. So, anyway, interesting and interesting to think about, and something we're going to see as an industry a lot over the next few years as the industry grows. We're going to start to see those kind of numbers come into the limelight, and we're going to start to see much more realistic picture of what this really is. And overall, I think we're going to really just combine gaming and esports into one. I almost hate that it's really a separate thing. Like they're very much interconnected in every single aspect of one another. Neither can exist without the other. Well, games could exist without esports, but as I said, like, would League of Legends still exist right now? So, anyway, that's that. That's my valuation thing. 
All right, final thing I really wanted to talk about today. As I explained in my last video, I'm trying to figure out what <laughs> what I want to play right now. I think I'm I think my World of Warcraft, as I said, my World of Warcraft motivation has went from like above the screen to like down like below the screen. Like I didn't I haven't even opened up the game in like two or three days. So like I'm not even motivated to do the raid again this week because I beat the raid and I'm kind of like blah, I'm done. I'm burnt out from it. Two months World of Warcraft, two and a half months. And that's that's about as much as I take of it. Mostly annoyed at World of Warcraft for the the uh the subscription fee. Cause I'd play the game a lot. I'd play WoW a lot more if there was no subscription. Like I play it. Hey, someone just said hey. Like I play the game a lot. Um when it, every time they come out with a new one and then uh, I get sick of it and I put it down and I don't want to pay the sub anymore. And then like I would log in a couple times a month and just kind of mess around. But like it's not worth me paying $15 a month to do that. So that's where WoW like really doesn't do it for me long term because of that sub. So yeah, so I totally am losing like my WoW motivation i went back into league of legends which i know is where i'm going to end up but i've slowly been playing aram again and uh having fun in, in league i uh i've been playing a lot of halo master chief collection and having fun with that i'm really having fun with reach and halo 4 and halo 3 those are kind of like my games i was i was huge in halo and halo 3 um, I mean, I, I logged, I, I can't even tell you how many thousands of games, but just like getting a 50, go to a new account. I mean, I, I played that game so much, loved Halo 3, one of my favorite games ever. And then when Reach came out, I really loved Reach. My favorite Halo campaign ever was ODST, which is probably not everyone's. For some odd reason, I really liked the darkness of it and city even though i didn't like playing an odst i really loved that campaign for some reason um but yeah halo 3 reach and then even somewhat halo 4 i just i just loved and i can't believe halo infinite does not come out until the fall oh, i was supposed to come out november and now it's not coming out for a year later i will say i'm really 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 glad that they're doing it I'd rather them do it correctly because if you any of you remember when Master Chief Collection came out on the Xbox, the game just bombed completely. It uh, it didn't work. The game just it actually did not work um, at all. So anyway, so I've been playing that. And uh, the other game that I slowly so I went into CSGO and played it. I'm just I like CSGO it's fun, but I just never could really get into it too much. Um and I went to the Call of Duty because I own Modern Warfare. I bought it last year. So when I bought Modern Warfare, it was bust. The game did not work on my computer. And I have like a $4,500 Alienware laptop that's only like two years old or something. I mean, it's not old, maybe three years old. I mean, it's powerful machine still. Very good graphics card, uh, 32 gigabytes of RAM. I have an i7 in it, which, I, you know, it could be, I mean, it, the machine could be more powerful, but I have an R17 Alienware laptop. I mean, high-end machine. And uh, it wasn't running Modern Warfare well at all, but now I went in and it's actually running it really well. Um, and I'm having some fun playing Call of Duty. Um, so I could see myself getting into back into it. I was a huge... Uh, geez. I loved Modern Warfare 2. I liked Black Ops. I know they have a new one out now, which I'm not, probably not buying. I loved Cold War. Um, 
a couple of them I, I really, really, really enjoyed. So I'm going to get back into start playing a little Call of Cod and just have some fun with it. I have it. My, my Cod team's doing really well. So I was kind of excited to see them do well. And it's fun for me to get back into the game. It's been so long since I've really got into it. Cod was actually where I went when I kind of started getting sick of Halo 3 um, before Reach came out. I remember I played a bunch of Modern Warfare 2 and stuff. And I actually played Call of Duty on the Wii. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but I remember they when I first got the Wii, you like had an like an actual like you put like the controllers in like this contraption that like mimicked a weapon and like you could felt like <laughs> you really had it. And that was kind of fun. I remember doing that for a little while in like the two thousands at some point. So I did that. So that's where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm just playing some different stuff, just m- kind of messing around, but I'm kind of, I'm having fun with Halo and Call of Duty and I'm probably going to end up back at League of Legends, but World of Warcraft's kind of, Kind of going lower on the spectrum. They need to release a new raid. I should, I guess I should actually just look up when the new one come, is coming out. But uh, yeah, so that's where I am. Um, that's everything. That's me talking about vaccine stuff. That's me talking about Wall Street bets. All my betting stuff. Stock stuff. I need to go in and like tell you guys just everything. All the stocks I own someday. And talk about like why and everything. And then... Uh, Talking about valuation at esports and talking about games I'm playing and what I'm up to. And yeah, I'm just super crazy busy with work right now. Like, absolutely. Like, uh, like I don't even know why I'm doing this video. Like, I should totally just be working and I got to like eat dinner, come up, work. And then I, I teach my kids karate every night. It's not actually karate, though. It's Muay Thai and Jiu Jitsu. I, I never took karate. Um, so I, I, we just call it that because that's all they know. <laughs> and, uh, and then I'll have a little bit of time for some gaming tonight. So, uh, anyway, y'all that's it. So, uh, later and, uh, have a good day and, uh, have a good weekend and all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, see ya.